Hi, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a program from WRBH where every week you can meet local poets and writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. Take a listen. Hello, my name is Brad Richard, and I am delighted to be here for Figure of Speech. It is the middle of June, and this is Gay Pride Month. So I thought I would choose a selection of about eight LGBT poets, uh, contemporary poets whose work I would share with you and then share some of my own. The first poet whose work I'd like to offer to you is Jericho Brown. Jericho was born in Shreveport and mostly raised there. He's also lived and studied in New Orleans, and he is currently a professor at Emory University in Atlanta. Um, I love Jericho's work. He is one of the most musical poets I know, and he's an astonishing reader. In fact, I think I need to say beforehand, I'm not going to do his poems justice, so I hope that you might look up some of his recordings online. First poem of Jericho's I'm going to read is called To Be Seen, and this is from his book, The New Testament. To Be Seen. Forgive me for taking the tone of a preacher. You understand, a dying man must have a point. Not that I am dying exactly. My doctor tells me I'll live longer than most since I see him more than most. Of course, he cannot be trusted, nor can any man who promises you life for looking his way. Promises come from the chosen, a lunatic, the whitest dove, those who hear the voice of God and other old music. I'm not chosen. I only have a point like anyone paid to bring bad news, a preacher, a soldier, a doctor. We talk about God because we want to speak in metaphors. My doctor clings to the metaphor of war. It's always the virus that attacks and the cells that fight or die fighting Hell, I remember him saying the word siege when a rash returned. Here, I am dying while he makes a battle of my body, anything to be seen when all he really means is to grab me by the chin and, like God the Father, say through clenched teeth, look at me when I'm talking to you. Your healing is not in my hands, though I touch as if to make you whole. Second poem I'd like to share by Jericho Brown is called The Tradition, and this one is a sonnet. The Tradition. Aster, nasturtium, delphinium. We thought fingers and dirt meant it was our dirt, learning names in heat. In elements classical philosophers said could change us. Stargazer, foxglove. Summer seemed to bloom against the will of the sun, which news reports claimed flamed hotter on this planet than when our dead fathers wiped sweat from their necks. Cosmos, baby's breath. 
men like me and my brothers filmed, but we planted for proof we existed before too late, sped the video to see blossoms brought in seconds, colors you expect in poems where the world ends, everything cut down. John Crawford, Eric Garner, Mike Brown. The second poet whose work I'd like to share with you is Cassie Prine, who lives in New Orleans and is originally, I believe, from Maine. Her first book is called Lena, and it is a very beautiful and rather sad sequence of poems about her first relationship with a young woman in college. And she died, Lena died very young of cancer. So this book is exploring all of that material. The first one I want to read is called Flaneur on Royal Street, New Orleans. And a, a flaneur, that's a French word that means something like idler. Flaneur on Royal Street, New Orleans. A hot Sunday in August. Men sprinkle the ditches with buckets full of sawdust, shoving their brooms grittily through the narrow, balconied streets. The potted vines hang swaying in sleep. The shutters, door length, stay shut. I want to leave to go visit her, but I don't. Occasionally when I call, she picks up. It's always been about distance with the two of us. Why am I now the one to resist? The street cuts a narrow trench of houses, speckled with sparrows, bunching, dispersing. I could get on a bus, or a plane, or a train, show up unannounced and ask to come in. What would I say? I'm sorry, or it was you who taught me how to stay away. By the Hudson, years ago, I collected pamphlets on the town's history, the Tivoli riots, squatting among the one-room library's stacks, or made sketches of sumac and sycamore, beautyberry, boxbush, I can't remember, every now and then looking around for her and pretending I wasn't. It was over by then. We were barely friends. But in those days, she was the Hudson. Back then, if I saw her walking past my porch on Saturday mornings in her green jacket, I'd call out, Good morning, willing her to stop in. Today I gaze up at the power lines, pondering communication again. The city's only business is the this city's only business is the constant reminding of the murky Mississippi's winding and the river's revenge and the river's conspiring. Enough about rivers. Remember the night she called just before they took her liver out, when I cried, let me come. But it wasn't the time, and they hooked her by the ribs like a stripped fish and excised the swollen, black-blotted flesh. Meanwhile, I rallied friends east to west and begged them to pray or whatever else, and instead obsessed over sending daffodils, the transplant ward wouldn't accept. Now the sky darkens to a mottled mess. From across the river, rain swarms in sheets. I run to the car before it keels over. She doesn't want me there. I tell myself, slapping past rocketing gutter spouts, and it's true, she probably doesn't. 
But if I were to touch her again, could we collapse the map? Would she taste the warm rain on my skin? Such a beautiful ending on that poem. The next poet I'd like to introduce you to is an old friend of mine named Reginald Shepard. Reginald passed away 10 years ago, but he left behind an amazing body of work. And I'm going to read you a poem called You Therefore, which is one of the loveliest love poems I think I know. You Therefore, for Robert Filan. You are like me. You will die too, but not today. You, incommensurate, therefore the hours shine. If I say to you, to you, I say, you have not been set to music or broadcast live on the ghost radio, may never be an oil painting or old master's charcoal sketch. You are a concordance of person, number, voice and place, strawberries spread through your name as if it were budding shrubs, how you remind me of some spring, the waters as cool and clear, late rain clings to your leaves, shaken by wind, which is where you occur in grassy moonlight, and you are a lily, an aster, white trillium, or viburnum, by all rights mine, white star in the meadow sky, the snow still arriving from its earthwards journeys, here where there is no snow, I dreamed the snow was you when there was snow. You are my right, have come to be my night, your body takes on the dimensions of sleep, the shape of sleep becomes you. And you fall from the sky with several flowers. Words spill from your mouth and waves. Your lips taste like the sea. Salt, sweet, trees and seas have flown away. I call it loving you. Home is nowhere. Therefore you, a kind of dwell and welcome. Song, after all, and free of any Eden we can name. Next up, I have a couple of short poems by Andrea Cohen from her book, Unfathoming. First one is called State of the Nation. Our nation is stockpiling helium. Our nation consists of Consuelo, Joey, and me. Me is no way to begin anything. To be polite, one waits at the end. Ends are hard. Think bread heel. Think keel sailing off. Off is how you feel. An on switch can't change that. That balloon drifting is our national anthem. We salute by drifting too. The next one is station. If you'd asked, as we sat in a spring rain of racing blossoms at the station, who do you love? I'd have said, I love the you already on the train. But that's a you who didn't ask. I loved her too. Oh, sweet poem. All right. I have... I think just one poem coming from the next poet. His name is Chen Chen, 
And this is from his first book, which came out last year, called When I Grow Up, I Want to Be a List of Further Possibilities. And this book is so much fun. Uh, There's so much excitement in the writing in here and in the imagination. Just incredible. Um, I think I'm just going to read the very first poem from the book called Self-Portrait as So Much Potential. Dreaming of one day being as fearless as a mango, as friendly as a tomato, merciless to chin and shirt front. Realizing I hate the word sip, but that's all I do. I drink so slowly and say I'm tasting it. When I'm just bad at taking in liquid, I'm no mango or tomato. I'm a rusty yawn in a rumored year. I'm an arctic attic. Come amble and ampersand in the slippery polar clutter. I am not the heterosexual neat freak my mother raised me to be. I am a gay sipper, and my mother has placed what's left of her hope on my brothers. She wants them to gulp up the world, spit out solid degrees, responsible grandchildren ready to gobble. They will be better than mangoes, my brothers, though I have trouble imagining what that could be. Flying mangoes, perhaps. Flying mango-tomato hybrids. Beautiful sons. The next poet is Ari Benias, and this is from another first book called Anybody. Ari is a trans poet, and the poem I'm going to read is called Who You're About to Be. This new boy's trying not to be another version of the boy who chewed, rearranged, and then put back your insides. And he's not. He has different eyes, a gentler voice, a sweeter grin. And he is much more terrifying. I try to shrug it off, but sometimes I look at him, and for a second he has that other boy's face on. In a way, every boy is the boy who chewed out your insides. Every girl is either the boy or your mother. So where's the man with the large chin who was your father? I always look for him near New Jersey. I haven't yet realized that with various sorts of chins in various places inside and out of the U.S. He is everywhere. How many replicas there can be of a father? When will I realize that a boy who chewed out someone's insides became my father, or that I could one day become my father, chew out someone's insides, probably my own? But the boy, what gets you about the boy is that he looks at you with such tenderness, and nesting in the tenderness with a small clicking sound like a minute hand or teeth, a desire to devour you. You've looked at a person that way yourself, with nothing ticking in your throat but hunger. You've looked and wanted to take everything sweet without having to know. Said you did not want, said you did want to know, but actually not wanted to. When you think you see what looks like it ignite, 
clear its matchlight over his face. When it calls you, calls to you across such a short space, a couple feet of mattress, a few inches of air, the time it takes to get to the door, be down the stairs, run down the buckling sidewalks without tripping as fast as you can, you're there, ripping into a hard sprint, gone, gone, but still with him in that bed, the both of you slowly, then quickly, then slowly becoming the feared and wanted ones. Next poet is Gabrielle Calvacaresi from her book, Rocket Fantastic, which I loved for its incredibly strange imagination and gorgeous, gorgeous uh, manipulation of language in all kinds of ways. I'm going to read the first poem from this book, and it is called Shave. Like the buck I am, I turn my head side to side. I hear the leaves rustle. I shake my head a little, and birds reel round the forest. I am no branch. My head turns to the side. I see out my side, I the deep pool of the eye sees itself pool in the mirror. I oil myself till I am all a lather. My chest heaves out so my full heart can abandon the ribs stockade. Where the bullet would go if the hunter were a good shot, that's where I place the razor. I make my skin taut. I pull my own neck back into the side. I come for myself. Yes, I was a lady once, but now I take the blade and move it slowly past the jugular up the ridge of my chin where the short hairs glisten. I was once ashamed. It was a thing I did in private. My own self, my quarry. No more. Look how the doe comes round, and also the doves, and also the wolf who lets me pass. The fox offers me the squirrel's hide to buff myself to shining. There is no such thing except the smoothness of my face. The last poet whose work I'm going to share with you, besides mine, is Maureen M. McLean. And this is from her most recent book, which is called Some Say. And I love how she can, she can be very formal in her poems, but the diction is often uh, very, very contemporary and surprising in all kinds of ways. And this one, <laughs> the poem that I'm going to read for you is called Yo. Yo. I am so demanding, I expect the hummingbird to appear at the anointed hour. And you pioneer birch, you there with your carpet of leaves the forest resents. I salute you, I no swinger of birches or men. Paper, yellow, white, what are you, thin and perfect on the lawn? The spotted fawn noses below your waving leaves, and autumn 
is welcome. So folded into a summer so long, we cannot imagine your limbs bare. Talking to birches, I am an idiot, and I know you get it, reader. No idiolect, this dialect, riddled with defects time will fix or forget. Whatevs, it is never not time to say hello or goodbye. All right. Now I'm just going to share a few poems with you, and I want to thank you so much for listening. I'm going to read a little bit from my second book, which is called Motion Studies. And this was a book that started off being about one painting by Thomas Aikens called Swimming. I was kind of obsessed with this painting. And I was about halfway through working on those poems when Katrina happened, and it completely uh, derailed the project. Well, not completely, but it really changed it. So I ended up writing about my experience with Katrina and also some about my family and some more about that painting and about some other paintings. Poem I'm going to share first one I'm going to share is called I Take a Book from the Shelf. And the title is actually the first line. I take a book from the shelf, infinity and the mind, and shards of glass fall out, so I'm back in the tornado, crouched with my husband and the dog in the hallway while wind seizes the house, shatters windows and rips the roof away, tar paper tossed, flapping across the freeway, so I'm back with my mother when her truck's impact flings the deer through the windshield and onto her chest, slivers in her hands for months, and when I land, I'm back in my father's flooded studio. I'm ruined canvas. I'm smashed plates. But if I shut my eyes, I'm safe in the car with my husband, Crossing the parish line at the canal, crossing the bridge, dropping from lit suburbs into the dark or drowned neighborhoods, our headlights picking shards from this chaos inside me that doesn't care where I live. One of the things that got lost in the flood in my family was a journal that my grandfather had kept in which he had written down a story that my grandmother had told me a million times about one of my grandfather's brothers, an older brother, dying in Port Arthur, Texas. This would have been in the 1920s. And my grandfather and his father and another brother driving to Texas to go get the body. But by the time they got there, they had had to bury him because it was so hot. And I remember my grandmother talking about them keeping his body on ice. And I just had this crazy image of this giant block of ice. Well, when I decided I wanted to write about him, I did research and I discovered some fascinating things. And I got to invent this man who I never really knew. So this is the poem about him. It's called The Cooling Board, 1929. He tried to ask someone what happened to the back of his head, but the words fell apart in his mouth and got caught like stones in his throat, and he ended up here 
in his one good shirt and a friend's old suit. June, but it's cool where he is, laid out on a woven cane mat stretched taut in a folding frame over a block of ice, the whole get-up tinted in silk. But no one ever told him what happened, not his friends who carried him in, not the undertaker who slicked his hair over the rut left by a steel rod that shot like an arrow when a gas still burst a pipe right when he was leaning in to check it. The refinery is paying for the funeral. If you cared to look in his wallet, you'd find a pretty girl's picture inscribed, For my spindle top, and another clipped from the Port Arthur News of a whale 70 feet long beached at Sabine Pass. That would have been a story to tell. The ice sweats a slow fever in its pan, and weird dew on his cheek makes runnels through rice powder and rouge, and the words finally settle down low in his windpipe. Would you believe he grew up on a rice farm outside Gaydaw? That he loved the smell of asphalt on his skin when he woke? Well, that's all over. But lift the drape, and he'll tell you what it's like now in his palace of jacquard and ice. And I am going to close on the last poem from Motion Studies, which is called Barton Springs. Barton Springs, of course, is in Austin, Texas. And this is also kind of a love poem, which seemed like a good place to end here. Barton Springs, September 2005. Darling, our city's destroyed and here we are, trying to relax at this chilly Texas pool, sole habitat of a red-gilled salamander nearly extinct. From the ledge, I watch you scissor-kick across until you bump into another friend from home. You stop to chat, exchanging news, I know, about whose studio the flood wiped out, whose mother hasn't turned up anywhere, who saw a body floating in a canal, who slogged through his house to find photographs on the floor, the frames intact, the images blank, dissolved by the same muck that sucked the words out of books, left a sludge of loved ones' faces, ruined stories. A crawfish crawls along the stone ledge. It's a native, apparently. It's right at home. Last night... I cleaned the stove in our new apartment, crying, then watered the drought-dead lawn, crying, then drank on the back porch, tired, my darling, my salamander, of crying. I take a breath, kick off from the ledge, and swim out, past extinction, to touch. Thank you so much, and have a great day. You've been listening to Figure of Speech, a community poetry and writing program from WRBH. You can tune in on Saturdays at 1 p.m. and every Monday at 9 p.m. for more great New Orleans writing. Thanks for listening.